How well do you know Aunt May? What's your full name, including your maiden name? Stick around and see if you actually know the answer. Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years and have never lost my passion for comic books, something I try to pass on to old and new readers. Hello and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan episode number 12 for December 9th, 2021. This week I've only put out one episode. Basically I decided I need to do a better job of promoting and getting things ready for each episode. I have no great aspirations to become some big podcaster. While the past episodes have been okay, I feel like they've been rushed at times and also not promoted as effectively as they could be. I'm not using Twitter and Instagram and even TikTok enough to promote these podcasts. So I'm trying to get a few into the bag, set up a promotion area, do a better marketing, and also I'm trying to work on the actual website, fantasticcomicfan.com, which has been neglected pretty much since the start of this podcast. So I'm not going anywhere. I have actually quite a few big plans coming in the future. But I wanted to refocus a little bit because this isn't for me. This is for the fans. This is for the comic books past and present and publishers and creators who need a little more push or characters we've all forgotten about that we shouldn't have. So stick around. I have a great things planned. Now on to the rest of this episode. Fantastic Comic Fan has started as an Instagram and Twitter accounts. And as the name says, this is for the fans, not for me. I'm not trying to get my own uh, ego stroked here. I really am trying to find comics that old fans haven't read in a long time, or new fans should. Turn people on to new creators, new publishers. That's my job. And if I'm not promoting the podcast as effectively as I should, I'm really just hurting them and not myself. So expect a few minor tweaks here and there over the next few weeks, but stick around. I really hope you enjoy what you see. Let's get on with the rest of this podcast. Aunt May has been portrayed differently over the decades. Not that one is better than another, but each iteration should be seen in the context of the times. For example, during the early years of the Silver Age, Aunt May was portrayed more as a mother than an aunt. She always looked out for her frail nephew's best interests and did her best to protect him from things kids need not worry about, like paying bills and medical expenses. In the Bronze Age, writers applauded that old frail list put her at death's door gimmick. Over the decades, May has been presumed dead, almost dead, as good as dead, and, well, you get the point. The Aunt May of now is much different than in the past, more in the mold of like a Helen Mirren, but still, with Peter's well-being a driving force in her character. She may not be frail or on the verge of another health crisis, but she's still the beloved Aunt May we've always known. Recently, the Amazing Spider-Man has dug into the past to mine her relationship with Doc Ock. What I found interesting was today's Aunt May is not 
the same as one who almost buried him during the Bronze Age. Yet, the creative team do a fantastic job, showing that these two have a long-term relationship and they still care about each other after all these years. While putting this episode together, I didn't plan on making it all about this power couple, and I don't say that lightly. Instead, I found that not only can one connect the dots in their evolving relationship, but the two of them, they actually make some sense. Yes, there are some strong feelings between the two of them. Aunt May is no fool when it comes to the good doctor, and has no issue with putting him in his place. However, Octavius knows he can't fool her and doesn't even try. They make an amazing team, something I hope Marvel doesn't too quickly forget. Now, let's get on with their story in today's podcast. One of Marvel's first couples making a comeback. But of course, I'm talking about Aunt May and Doc Ock, who have a long history together. You could say these two star-crossed lovers went all the way back to Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 1 in 1963, when she and Betty Brant were kidnapped. From the very first conversation, the spark flew between these two. Doc Ock, ah, Miss Brandt, come in. I've been expecting you. And who is that charming lady with you? Which causes Aunt May to pipe in, A doctor, how nice. Such a charming, soft-spoken gentleman. With the next panel, Betty tells May. With the next panel, Betty tells May. You mean you haven't heard of him? Don't let his looks deceive you, Mrs. Parker. With Aunt May saying, Now, now, dear, he mustn't be prejudiced against the poor man just because he seems to have trouble with his arms. Later in the story, Doc laments, He's been a poor host and neglecting the charming ladies. But of course, he's looking at Aunt May while he's talking. And trying to make amends, he offers them Danish pastry to go along with their coffee. Aunt May, she just cannot contain herself. Such a charming gentleman. Such a pleasure to meet someone with such good manners nowadays. The annual also has a first meeting between Spidey and Aunt May when he rescues Betty and Aunt May. Of course, it doesn't sit well with Aunt May who proclaims, so that's Spider-Man. What a perfectly ghastly outfit. He's so villainous looking. Not at all pleasant as that well-mannered Dr. Octopus. Not a great start. Several years later, in Amazing Spider-Man 53, Aunt May and Mrs. Watson, looking to make some extra money, decide to rent the spare bedroom out. The two tell Peter they just placed an ad in the newspaper. Peter tells him to please be careful when running out the room to someone. Of course, that would-be renter turns out to be Dr. Octopus. And, if the cover of issue number 54 is any indication of how things go, eh, didn't go out as planned. There's Doc Ock, busting out a wall, with Spider holding an unconscious Aunt May in his arm. Cupid has a strange sense of humor, or maybe the little imp was just getting bored. But, of course, Aunt May remembers the kindly doctor. So adding on a bit of gentlemanly touch, Doc Gack tells her, Now I realize that you're the landlady, dear Mrs. Parker. I will accept the room unseen. How gallant. Ah, oh, Doctor, you're so trusting. Or maybe you were hoping Aunt May would give you a discount. Later, Peter spider sense about gives him a stroke when he sees Aunt May and the good doctor sitting at the table drinking tea. Unfortunately, the issue ends badly, with Aunt May seeing Spidey and Doc Ock fighting, which goes back to the cover, which proves just too much excitement for her. She collapses. But her own personal physician 
promises she'll pull through, no problem. For the next few years, well, the two star-crossed lovers don't really connect, at least not that we're aware of. Perhaps we'll get an untold tales of Aunt May that flashes out the relationship some more. The next shocker comes in an amazing Spider-Man 114. Aunt May has been MIA for the past few issues, leaving with just a note. Aunt May had feared she'd been too cloying maternal and holding back Peter. Aunt May thought Peter would be better off if she was no longer around. By this time, the good doctor's return causing trouble for Spidey, and as it turns out, for Parker too. Doc Ock is seen entering a gabled house in Westchester County, overlooking the Hudson River. Apparently, being a baddie does pay off, since living here is expensive, especially with waterfront property. Later in the issue, Spidey does make his way out to that house, only to find his clock getting cleaned by a well-placed face by none other than Aunt May. I guess Aunt May is not as frail as she would appear to be. This issue ends with a dazed and confused Spidey, and Aunt May shouting to the good doctor, Dr. Octavius, Dr. Octavius, come quickly. I think I just killed that awful monster, Spider-Man. Oh wait, it gets wackier. The cover of 115 has Aunt May holding a gun at Spider, with now a dazed Doc Ock nearby. Stay back, if you make one more step towards that poor man, I'm going to fire. Talk about shade, stop or my aunt will shoot. The good doctor and Spidey face off within those pages, with Aunt May in the middle. It almost sounds like a bad Jerry Springer triangle show. My aunt, my uncle. She's fallen from my arch enemy. But I digress. At one point, the good doctor defends battling Spidey. I only do what needs to be done, for until such vermin are totally wiped out, the world would never be safe for jumped woman like you. Aunt May gushes. Dr. Octavius, you're so kind. Nearly as kind as a man in love. At this point, Spidey loses it, like going back caca crazy. Hey, this is an all-ages podcast. There's no swearing allowed. I'm not sure if he goes bonker over Ox's admission of love or being compared to vermin. Nevertheless, Spidey has a few choice words. Buster, you have had it. The kid gloves are off. No more pulled punches. Because Lady Killer, you just blew it all. Now, I don't know what he was pulling punches for, considering how many times the good doctor nearly beat the crap out of him. And crap isn't a swear word. It's my rules, my podcast. This time, despite all those arms, it's Doc who gets his clock clean. But of course, it could have gone much, much worse, if not for Aunt May. Stop it. Stop pinning him. If you don't stop it, I'll have to shoot you. Even at point-blank range... Aunt May misses, and the battle ends in the defeat for Doc Ock. But, just before the police drive off with him, he requests to speak with her in private. We never do get to hear the words between those two star-crossed crazy kids. However, it must have been good, because Aunt May tells Peter she's not going back home with him. Octavius has asked her to stay there to keep his house in order, and she decided to accept. But oh wait. This gets much, much better. As that man continues, You see, you don't need me anymore. You're grown. You're a grown man now. You aren't my Peter. You're your own. Oh, 
I know what they say about Dr. Octavius, and I know it isn't true. Now hush, Peter. I'm doing the right thing. You don't need me. And with that, she turns around and walks back into the house. And Aunt May couldn't be safer either. The perimeter has an electric fence, a fantastic security system, and is patrolled by the good doctor's hench, I mean, security force. Dr. Octopus must have had a really good lawyer, because by Amazing Spider-Man 30, he's a free man. So obviously the good doctor's been up to something, and finally Peter puts things together. Then, in Spidey style, Peter rushes off to Westchester to explain it all to Aunt May. Too late! As Spidey looks in, on one of the windows, a well-dressed Ock and May, who is standing next to him in a wedding dress, complete with the pastor standing by. Talk about your cliffhangers and the prospect of some long therapy sessions for Peter. Let me pause for a minute. New fans have no idea what it was like buying comics in January 1974 when the next issue, Amazing Spider-Man 131, came out. First, Cinderella was treated better by her stepsisters than comics by newsstand distributors. If you were lucky, you would find comics on spinner racks. Often, they were all stacked together in the bottom of the corner of the magazine section. I remember many times thumbing through a pile of comics and buying comics based upon what my kid's eye caught. Now for this next part, I'm referring to Mike's Amazing World website, which is a fantastic source for what comics were put out for which month. If you've never checked out the website, please do. You will be amazed at all the exploring of comics you can do here. I remember a huge stretch where heroes were the bulk of the comics sold, but not so in 1973 and 74. Golki published many licensed characters like Bugs Bunny, Woody Woodpecker, and the Pink Panther. In addition, Harvey and Archie comics published a fair amount of all-ages comics. A few years earlier, the comic codes changed, which allowed for supernatural titles. You had spooky anthologies like Weird War Tales, Vault of Evil, Dead of Night, and new creations like Morbius and Werewolf by Night. Jungle, war, and western comics were still viable genres. Comic covers need to be creative and stand out and ensure sales with all the competition. As a result, these Brian's age covers often not only delivered, but often turned many comics into must-reads, as in the case of Amazing Spider-Man 131. First, you have Spidey swinging in to crash the wedding. No! This wedding will not take place! But it will, Will Carler, or your dead body, says the good doctor, with his arms protectively wrapped around his would-be bride, who's dressed in white and, well, blushing. Uh, almost, well, okay, it is comical that there's thugs in the background with hands raising guns or reaching for them in their pockets. Then there's the pastor. With this ring, I be web, as a blast of web hits the Bible. Isn't that a sin somewhere? Truthfully, this wacky cover is one of my all-time favorite Spider-Man covers. The creative team of Jerry Conway and Ross Andrew clearly are having fun with this issue, as the opening splash page says, of my uncle, my enemy, with peeping Spidey looking through a window. I don't believe it, as if I don't already have enough problems to sink a battleship. My own aunt is marrying my worst enemy. Yeah, I guess that would be true at this point, since Norman Osborn is presumed dead. Though I think it would be wicked fun to have Norman and Otto at the bar together, musing over 
who's the worst enemy. They could even have a drinking game over who messed up Peter's life the most. But Norman, last I checked, you never switched bodies with Peter and let him die in your old body. It isn't Spidey, but Hammerhead, who's been feuding with Doc Ock, who crashes the wedding. Soon, the good doctor whisks his would-be bride off in a helicopter towards Canada, with everyone else in hot pursuit. Finally, we get the real reason why Octavius wants to marry May. Or do we? It turns out, May inherited some property. And once Doc Ock marries her, he gets half of May's assets. The property turns out to be an island with the largest uranium supply in the world. At the time, anyways. Yet, as soon as they land, May says she's cold. That prompts the good doctor to get angry with one of his helpers. Get this dear lady a coat, or I'll have your hide instead. Of course, fighting ensues, and the main concern is keeping May out of harm's way. So he stops Spidey from taking May away at one point. I won't let you harm this lovely lady that it cost me my life. Highly the words of a man only interested in marrying for material gains. Spidey does save Aunt May at the end of the story, but Doc Ock is presumed dead, at least for a while. It would be many, many years before we see these two old flames ignited once more. But whenever they did interact, you can always see that there's something there after all, no matter how many years had passed. Before we wrap up, let's see how well you know Aunt May. Well, first off, her real name is Maybell, her maiden name is Riley, and her married name is Maybell Parker Jamison, because at one time she had also married Jay Jonah's father. That's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you, a fantastic comic fan, all one word, at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you check us out again.